0: Welcome back, everybody. It is the weekend after Thanksgiving. I know you guys are all fat and full, but we have got a lot of stuff to get into today on the AMU Radio Show. I'm excited to bring it to you. We have a couple of great guests coming on. We have Samantha Curley, who is the founder of a nonprofit called The Level Ground. We're going to be talking to her about the Level Ground Residency Program, which helps underrepresented artists in the Los Angeles area. And then we also have John Sussman coming on. He is the director of a brand new movie called Game Days. Let's get started. You're about to enter a world of creativity and mingle with people that follow their dreams to color your world and brighten your day.
1: From top celebrities to rising stars of tomorrow on the AME radio show. The show that is the voice of artists and entertainers everywhere. Now, here is your host, Jason Dowd.
0: Welcome back, everybody. I'm really excited that you joined us again today. I know it's been a hard week because, you know, it was a short week. You guys had a little bit of time for Thanksgiving, and now you 're fat and full and now we 're in full gear for the holiday season. so today happens to be Black Friday, and tomorrow is going to be another one of those busy shopping days everybody's going to be rushing to the store. Please be careful out there, guys we don 't want anybody run over, although it does make awesome videos on uh, youtube I just i don 't want to see anybody hurt, so you know kind of have a plan, know what you 're going to do, get to the stores. And don't kill anybody, and don't get killed getting something. It's only a gift. Trust me, it's not worth it. So, I am. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Like I said, we have a couple of great guests coming on, and I'm going to be talking to you about some new stuff that's going on here at the AME Radio Show as well. One of the things that's going to be going on is that I am going to be uh, visiting my friends this weekend in Disney World. We're going to be trying out the brand new Star Wars section of Hollywood Studios. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to have a lot of stuff to talk to you about next weekend for sure, and I'm excited about that. And honestly, I just really, really enjoy their company, and I only get to see them twice a year because they live in New Jersey, but I really love when they come down we have so much fun together. They are so much fun. They're they're crazy. They're crazy like I am. So uh, we always have uh, a lot of good laughs together. And this time I get to spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with them. I'm super stoked about that. So this is going to be a fun weekend coming up, and I hope that you guys have some great plans as well. And coming into the holiday season, now what we're going to be doing is I'm going to try to go around and find some cool things for Christmas to put on for my brand new season four of the AME television show. I cannot believe it's season three is over with. We just wrapped it up with, um, with Ianna Lee Anderson and my friend Sean Klusner talking about leadership and the modeling industry. So much stuff to go on, and this is just a great show. It was a great conversation with both of them, and I really hope that you guys will check that out on our television show as well. And also... Before we get into this, uh, this means we're going to be kicking off some, uh, you know, Christmas songs. Yep, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be getting you prepared for the season, and I want to make sure that this season we are goodwill towards men. And even if you're not Christian and you don't believe in the in the the, the biblical sense of this particular um, holiday for us, we want you to at least partake in the in the initiative of what Christmas brings, which is spreading goodwill. Helping others, not thinking about yourself, and giving. That's what we're that's what we're all about. So that's what we're gonna be kind of focusing on, and we're gonna hopefully get you into that with this music. Now, I, 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 you know, I'm not I'm not really good at, at the social media, but this past week I put out something and I think it means a lot, and I'll tell you why. My comment on this is if you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't seek, you will never find. If you give if you give an excuse for every hardship, you will never fly. And you know what? That is so true. And I'll tell you why. I was always a little bit worried to ask about anything because I was always kind of really self-sufficient and I really believed in, in making things happen. But I'm always afraid of the word no. No is a terrible word to hear. Nobody wants to hear the word no. And sometimes to protect ourselves from that, what we do is we pull away. And we just, you know, if we, if we want to ask for something, we won't because we don't want to hear the word no. No. Um, on the other hand, you know sometimes we don't seek those answers that we look for, and therefore we never know or we never find out what we really wanted to to understand or um, be enlightened with, with with the knowledge. And then on top of it, we always stand in our own way. You know, if we if we don't if we if we're always going to make an excuse for our downfall, we will never be able to fly. So this happened to me with Gladys Goodies a little uh, just last week, and you know what? I it was like probably midnight, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to sit down and I'm going to say something. I'm gonna I'm going to ask this question, and even if they don't have the answer or the answer is no on their end, but they could guide me to where I need to be. This could really take my my treat business into a whole new level. And yeah, I was nervous. I was really nervous. I was I was expecting to get shut down. Um, and you get a lot of shutdowns, trust me, no matter what you do. But this time it came back and it was the opposite of what I expected. So if I had sat there and made an excuse for myself, I wouldn't have gotten the answer, the yes that I wanted. And I wouldn't have been able to be put into this opportunity to grow because I was too afraid to ask. And I didn't seek out the answer that I wanted. Now, even if they came back with a no, but they gave me the, the guidance of where to go, I could do it in a different direction. You know, so sometimes you got to swallow your pride. You got to stop worrying about the nose and just go for it. What the worst that can happen is no. You know, unless you did something and you're going to go ahead and and it, you know, tell the world that you did a crime or something like that, then of course you're going to have some a lot different consequences coming your way. But regardless, it is a possibility that you might get the answer you you're looking for and it may take you to that whole new level. Think about that. And I want to leave you with that before we go to our quick commercial break because while you're on the commercial break, think about this stuff and use it in your own life. Use what I just said there on my Instagram post, which is probably the deepest one I've ever done, and see if you can use that to your advantage, especially as you're gearing up for 2020. Change your thinking a little bit, and you might be able to change your situation. All right, let's go to that quick commercial break. When we come back, we have our first guest on the line. We have Samantha Curley you're going to really love her. And she is a advocate for the arts. So let's talk to her in just a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back at about 2.
2: I'm Gladdy, the dachshund, the face of Gladdy's goodies. Are you worried about your pet's health? My parents were too, especially since I developed pancreatitis. They couldn't find any treats I could eat, so they made some. Our natural treats are healthy for all dogs, with and without health issues. We have lots of delicious flavors like chicken, turkey, salmon, sweet potato, beef, and more. With our homemade treats, you won't worry about the contents because they have no chemicals, fillers, or bad ingredients. Go to GladysGoodies.com now to get your fur friend a bag. And pick them up some swag while you're there. You'll be glad you did. Remember, we have the treats and swag to make their tails wag. Again, that's GladysGoodies.com. Again, that's gladdy'sgoodies.com Hi, I'm Andrew. And I'm Polly. Do you have a crazy family like we do? Oh, I definitely have that crazy family. Why? What do you have for me? Do you have a solution? I have a new album by us, Andrea and Holly. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, it's called Go for the Moon. Go for the Moon. You can get it anywhere you like to get music. We hope you'll check it out.
3: Hey, everybody, this is John Schneider. You know, Dukes of Hazzard, Smallville, haves and have-nots. Anyway, you are listening to a great show, the AME Radio Show. I love it. I love it.
2: From our family to yours. Season's greetings from the AME Experience. Now, enjoy this holiday favorite.
4: It's a marshmallow world in the winter When the snow comes to cover the ground It's time for play It's a whipped cream day I wait for it to hold you around those are marshmallow clouds being friendly In the arms of the evergreen trees And the sun is red like a pumpkin head It's shining so your nose won't freeze All oh, the world is your snowball, see how it grows that's how it goes whenever it snows The world is your snowball just for a song Get out and roll it along Oh, it's a young, yummy world made for sweet arts. Take a walk with your favorite girl It's a sugar date, what if spring is late In winter it's a marshmallow world it's It's time for play It's a whipped cream day I'll wait for the whole year round There's a marshmallow friendly In the arms of the evergreen tree And the sun is red Like a pumpkin head it's shining so your nose won't freeze Ah, the world is your snowball See how it grows That's how it goes Whenever it snows The world is your snowball Just for a song Get out and roll it along If the young, yummy world Made for sweethearts Take a walk with your favorite girl it's a sugar date, but if spring is late, in winter it's a marshmallow. Hey,
0: everybody, welcome back to the show. I have got a great guest on the line for, for you today. Her name is Samantha Curley. She is the co-founder and executive director of The Level Ground, and she is also a film producer. And we're going to be talking to her about a brand new thing that she has here. It's called the Level Ground Artist in Residency Program, and how that can help you if you are pursuing your dreams in the arts. So welcome to the show, Samantha. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure.
0: I'm glad you're here, and you know, programs like what you're working here really do have an impact on the art on the artisan community. And uh, depending on what they are, there's a lot of these programs out there we just don't always know about them. So I'm glad you're going to be here to talk to us about that. And um, one of the things that I would like to start out with, though, is getting to know a little bit about you because that will not only will your story help out other people along the way, but you know, it, it's fun to learn about our guests. So how uh, how did you get into uh, being a film produce, uh, producer, and how did you become the founder and executive director of The Level Ground?
2: Yeah, so Level Ground is a 501c3 nonprofit arts collective, and we are creating experiments in empathy. And so we're really passionate about working with underrepresented artists, um, specifically across Los Angeles, uh, mm-hmm. who are interested in the intersections of identity, interested in bridging uh, the cultural divisions that exist right now. And I got interested in that work from uh, really just through relationships that I had with with artists mm-hmm. who were LGBTQ, who were uh, underrepresented in any number of ways, who were making work to start conversations and not always finding places to have them, uh, organizations to help make work, to help. Uh, showcase, and program, and exhibit work, and so uh, I was actually studying theology and the arts at the time, and um, we started Level Ground, a friend and I, just to create that space, and it has kind of exploded from there, which has been really exciting over the last seven years.
0: You know, just before uh, I got on the show and it was talking about, um, on, on, an, on a previous show i was talking about uh you know creating a legacy and that's kind of what you're doing and not only for yourself but other people along the way and it's not an easy thing to do because there's so many different variations of what a legacy is some people want to be um you know they want to have their name you know in lights you know like on on the hollywood billboards and and then there's some people that just want to change the world you know maybe one or two people at a time so how how are you helping them fulfill their legacy uh, with this particular program I mean I know it's kind of hard to, to I, I, I didn't really realize honestly that there was that many people um, that were how diverse how how uh, other ethnic groups are struggling in in the arts I, I always thought it was kind of even but I realized that that's not necessarily the case so how are you helping them reach that legacy and how you help and how can they how can y- your organization help them get their voice
2: yeah, so our annual residency program uh, is a really exciting way that Level Ground is actively and really comprehensively supporting underrepresented artists. Mm-hmm. And so we have an open application uh, that opens in early December, so it's open now. You can go check it out. And it's a, a nine month residency program where we provide direct funding for projects uh, from artists, but we also are doing mentoring and uh, workshops and really trying to think holistically about the life of an artist. So we talk about personal finances, we talk about budgeting, we talk about critique, uh, we talk about mental health, and we bring in experts to lead facilitated workshops on all of these topics. And are really building uh, a local community in Los Angeles uh, to help you know skill share, but also just provide support and encouragement and community. Uh, and so over the course of nine months, artists are creating a project and we're doing studio visits and supporting them along the way financially and otherwise. And then the residency program culminates in an artist's first solo gallery show. And so we produce uh, a show just for that artist to exhibit their work, to bring in collaborators, to create um, a really memorable, immersive experience uh that is exploring and provoking empathy.
0: You know, uh, I know, I, I know. This is. I, I want to kind of help define this for somebody because I know yeah. that that this idea of um, of underrepresent uh, underrepresentation can throw somebody off. Uh, what is the definition of underrepresented? Because um, people are probably thinking, "Oh, that's just because you don't have a manager." What is that? And, and I want to make sure that that's clear.
2: Yeah, so underrepresented, I don't know if there's a necessarily a strict definition that we think of, but um, it, it, it falls along a lot of identity markers. So certainly uh, people in the LGBT community, um, female artists, female identifying artists, um, artists who are uh, from a different cultural, ethnic, racial background other than, you know, white, Anglo-Saxon. And, you know, we also work with artists who are, you know, maybe they haven't gone to college, uh, they have a, a physical disability, um, another kind of disability, artists who come from a, a marginalized religious background um, or faith identity. So there's, you know, lots of different ways that people might find themselves with that label of underrepresented. Um, it's kind of like a catch-all, basically for people who don't have the same sort of access to... Resources and money and uh, network connections that a lot of people have right off the bat just for who they are when they were born
0: you know as an artist myself I, I, I've noticed that money is the hardest thing to come by and um, I know I know I've never had any any uh, really really good chances for it myself but I've always made do with what I have so does this also include I, I mean do you can anybody can anybody come to you and, and if they need help I mean it, or or do you have to have some type of specific background uh, that that's challenging for you
2: no people I mean people come and are part of level ground uh, from lots of different backgrounds and identities. Mm-hmm. I think we're really interested in how do we form a community that is passionate about uh, equalizing access and opportunity and mm-hmm. so we're we're all about connecting and leveraging our networks and our resources. And so that means um, maybe maybe a good way to talk about it is we don't really think of um, equality. That equality means uh, eventually we'll have the same power structures, but there will just be people who look different at the top of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just have a, a female CEO or a, a black director, or, you know, that like we're really interested in sort of how do we – flatten some of those power structures and all share what we have to be able to do more. So the idea that, you know, together we can create something that's bigger than the sum of its parts. Um, and so we're, we're always working with uh, anyone who's interested in working with us, who's interested in collaboration and empathy and uh, thinking about themselves and about the world through a different lens.
0: Man I love that you know I, I I love I love that you're able to to do that. and you know art is such an expressive way to be able to get out there, get a message across, get a get a vision across where it's not as always easy just to speak, especially if you're like me, you're extremely shy, you know, but I can talk all I want to my work and and that's why I think that the arts are so important, especially to get into uh, all different kinds of communities because they you know people say that there is a right and wrong way to art, I say that there's not. Um, there just is, and, and people are going to like it. People are not going to like it. That's okay. It's just a matter of getting your word out there. And by helping these people that are, that are struggling to do that, I know how frustrating that is. So, you know, that's exactly, um, why we need programs like this. So, um, take us through a general idea of like, let's just, let's just take a, a scenario for, for instance, let's say I come to your place and I need your help. Um, Let's come up with a scenario. What would what, what would I be looking for, uh, and what would you be kind of going over with me when we get to this particular point?
2: Yeah. So the 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 first way is really through our residency program, and so artists apply, and they apply for the project, and they apply for that direct program um, and project support financially and otherwise. Um, so it's you know that's that's always a really great first place for people to go just to kind of get acquainted and. See if they might be a good fit, and their work might be a good fit for Level Ground. Uh, if if that isn't the right fit, or if you know it's not during the residency application season, um, we do a lot of work really in production. So if you have a film idea or a podcast idea or um, a gallery show idea, and you need help to realize it, you need help building a team, um, looking for money, looking for space. Knowing how to market it, uh, we would really help, kind of work with you from concept to realization, and that's always a lot of fun for us. And our, you know, our, we're really looking for artists who are open to collaboration, open to working with people who are different from them, and are really passionate about starting conversations uh, a- across our cultural divisions.
0: You know, I have a probably a strange question, but I'm sure I'm probably not the only one that has something like this. But you know, I always thought that my to myself that when I got when I got to the point where I I felt like I accomplished and I did what I needed to do and I became successful with what I wanted. I wanted to have my own show in my own home state of Connecticut when I was when I when I would eventually get there. That would be my pinnacle of okay, I made it. Now, what if somebody is in Hollywood like that or in in California and that's their goal? Are you able to help them get a place like that if they came from Connecticut, let's just say, and get a show out there? Or is it kind of like in the in the general area of where you are?
2: Well, we are, you know, our roots are definitely in Los Angeles, but we've mm. taken our programming around the country. So we've okay. hosted uh, gallery shows and festival events and film screenings uh, all across the country. So, yeah, we're, we're really able to work with artists within their kind of unique goals and their particular uh framework and context and and do as much as we can you know to to bring that to life
0: and do you have like an age range of kind of what people are are joining into this thing with are, are they young are they old or is it a complete mixture of people from all ages
2: you know it's a good question i would say it is we, we kind of use the phrase like a, a rising artist
1: mm-hmm. so
2: um that doesn't necessarily mean that they're young, but that they're, you know, kind of at uh, about to hit a breaking point in their career, and that can look like a lot of different. Uh, that doesn't have to be one particular age range of, of artists.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this this sounds like a great a great program. I really hope people are able to, to take advantage of it. Um, tell us a little bit of, a little bit more about about the work that this particular. Um, Uh, residency program uh, does I mean what does it incorporate any type of art Uh, is it is it just specifically a certain types that you that you go through or like I said is it a full range it's however created they are
2: yeah it's any kind of visual art and so we're always looking for new mediums this year we actually had our first artist uh, who was working with computer programming and coding and technology as an art form. And so that was a really exciting kind of new medium for the organization and the residency program. So we're open to any, any medium. Um, and, the, you know, the, the crucial identifiers is just projects at the intersections of identity. So people that are artists that are exploring um, who they are, how they fit into the world um, and, and, Kind of nuance the different layers of what make us who we are.
0: I get that. And uh, yeah. uh, what about what about the, the types of people that come in there um, that are looking maybe for instruction? For instance, maybe they're not. Maybe they want to do something. Maybe they want to get into something, but they've never done it yet. So they're kind of like in the exploratory. Um, Medium are uh, in the space of of wanting mm-hmm. to explore, are you able to 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 get them classes or help them uh, find where they need to go to get this particular skill and and maybe become like let's just say they want to be a musician, but they can play guitar, but they're not really into into like a big band yet. you know are you able to help them out with yeah. something like that?
2: Yeah, so we offer um, alongside our residency program, we offer a series of free workshops mm-hmm. um, that take place between. March and September uh, every month, and those are free for any artist to uh, attend, and are yeah a chance to to meet people who could help further you in your artistic journey, that you could work with, collaborate with, or just a, a chance to learn some some new skills, some new networks, and so yeah you can you can sign up for that and get information about those workshops. Uh, alongside the application for the residency program um, at our website, which is levelground.co, you can sign up there.
0: You know, as an artist, and and I've been doing this for oh god, oh, fifteen years, something like that. You know, I know that when I show someplace, one of the biggest things that I that I could I could look forward to was being supported by the other artists in the community and i realized i realized that the arts are i think that they need to be a, a communal type of thing where we do support each other we are a network for each other we are um there to guide each other and and build each other up how important it, do you do you stress that in your particular um in your particular uh, uh level ground here do, is that something you guys cover like and when you do have a show do you try to get the other ones to show up and and support uh the other people in the in the group
2: yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is uh, consistently something that the artists we work with say is one of the most surprising and encouraging parts of being a part of Level Ground is just how supportive the community of other artists is. And so we, you know, together as a collective of artists, we're really packing out everyone's shows. We're supporting each other, both in the work that artists are doing with Level Ground, but then as they continue to go on in their artistic careers here in L.A., continuing to support them and uh you know we'll always share the share information about upcoming shows even if they're not produced by level ground and really we're trying to build this supportive collective artistic community and that really shows up for each other and 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 shows up for each other in the art gallery but also in real life when you need someone to talk to you need a friend you need someone to do errands with you you know that like our life together is more than than just the art, but that's always a part of it.
0: And you know, I remember gr- uh, getting first in, into the into the art that I that I love, and I did a show, and I you know I was so proud of that show, <laughs> and I had one person yeah. come up to me, got right in my face, stuck their finger in my face, and accused me of being, you know, blah blah blah. blah. I'm not even getting into all that because it was so it was so crazy, but. You know, I re- that was really my first hater, and I didn't realize how um, how aggressive it can be, and and how and how somebody can that doesn't like your work can just tear you apart. You know, and that was something I was not prepared for, and I and I, unfortunately I learned it in front of a whole bunch of people there, kind of like with my mouth open because I didn't quite know what to say at the time. Um, so. You know this can be a real cutthroat type of type of uh, situation for artists. And I don't know if they realize that. do you do you help them through something like that and kind of get them prepared for what they could expect out there?
2: Yeah, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That sounds like it was probably uh, pretty traumatic. Um, it's so, it's such a vulnerable thing to share your work
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, publicly and with people that you don't know. and I think that can be a really and intimidating process, especially if you've had a negative experience or you're anticipating that. Um, and we really like art that is experimental, that's taking risks. And so, of course, people are going to respond, and you can't always control how they respond. So I think right. that's a really important part of the process. And we do, you know, that's why we talk a lot about mental health and self-care and just how each artist wants to embody being an artist. when they're in that gallery show space. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do a lot of work with the audience, and so we work really hard to create a, a, a community and a space that feels safe and welcoming, and we have some you know community standards about this is a place to ask questions of yourself, to ask questions of other people, but we're not here to be negative. We're not here to put people down. If you don't understand something or you don't like something, um, you can be curious about that and you can ask questions about that, but this isn't a place to attack one another. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're – I'm not going to say that has never happened, but we're, we're pretty good at facilitating mm-hmm. space for connection and conversation and community um, and, and try to avoid those kinds of situations as much as possible because that's not really good for anyone
0: No, it's not. And I'll tell you, once you've had it happen to you, uh, it will strengthen your skin really quick. I'll tell you that. (laughs) But,
2: it's, uh,
0: you just gotta go through it sometimes. And, you know, like you said, you can't control other people what they think. And what I was, what I was doing with mine was I was, everything in my work is kind of like a dark feel to it, but it, it it also has a very positive meaning. So, you gotta look through the, the dark to get to the good. And that's the way that life is and this woman just mm-hmm. accused me cuz i i was i did a uh, i did a, a picture of a angel and demon and the demon was trying to challenge the the angel and the angel did not give it any any you know thought you know it just looked and, and just showed its strength and and that was the symbol of good and, um, this woman just completely attacked me, saying, you know, accusing me of being non-Christian and everything. How could you put, put out stuff like this? And I was like, whoa, 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 lady. You know, the, the, first of all, if you've ever read the Bible, you realize that there is, you know, demons and, 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 angels in there. And it is good and bad. That's what the whole thing's about. And so, I mean, like I said, I went rounds with her about it. And I, I but I had to hold my composure. I think that's the, the hardest thing to do in situations like that is hold your composure. Cause she was pretty livid. But then she kind of relaxed. And I think after I got through it, through to it, um, it was okay. Now, another situation I ran into was I had this particular – this exact same exhibit at another place around here. And what they – I actually had to – I came in to do my show, and they took down some of my, my pictures, and I asked them why. And I guess there was somebody that was so offended that there was anything that had to do with biblical ideas or symbolism at all. That they would not shop or work with this particular gallery ever again if they didn't take it down. So they took it down, and they basically censored me. Wow. What do you have to say about something like that to to people that are in the in the community? And this, obvious, it, I hope it never happens to anybody else, but it can. So what would you tell them? And uh, what would you tell the people that actually put up the gallery if something like that happened to one of your stu- or one of your people?
2: Well, we, yeah, we would never, you know, we were a very relational organization, and so we build really good relationships with the artists we work with, with the audiences who attend our events and our shows, and also with the galleries who host them. And so, you know, I think that we're we're able to offer a really um, personalized, really uh, emotional relational experience for artists mm-hmm. throughout the process. And so you know, it, it's our hope and expectation that we would never end up in that situation uh, because we're really mentoring and guiding you along the way. And we're working with people that we know and we trust and we've vetted. And so I think that's just a really, yeah, we want to set artists up for success. Right. And we also want to build audiences that are curious, are open, are excited to meet people who are different from them to, be provoked by art, because I think art at its best is going to provoke us, it's going to make us feel things, it might make us uncomfortable, and so how do we help an audience member know what to do with themselves when that happens to them? Um, and so we really try to think through kind of the whole the whole cycle, the whole process, and, and be attuned to it every step of the way.
0: Well, this has been a, a great conversation. I really enjoy uh, listening to what you have to say here and of course this this uh program. Uh I wish I was in Los Angeles to be able to take advantage of it myself and or at least, you know, partake in it to help you guys out. Um tell everybody once again where it can pe- where they can find it, uh how they can find out more about you and uh and if they have any if they want to be a part of level ground as a um, maybe even just a contributor to help you guys out, how can they do all that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well thank you for uh inviting me on the show today. I had a really great time. I always love talking about um, artists and community, and it's been a really lovely time. Uh, People can find out more about Level Ground at our website, which is levelground.co. You can also follow us on Instagram at levelground.co, and there you'll find information about how to sign up um, to be a part of our artist collective, to apply for the residency program, Um, to become a member and and make a monthly donation to support um, artists who are doing this work and just learn more about what we're up to and and follow along. And we hope to to see all of your listeners at some point uh, at a show this year.
0: Oh, that would be great, and if I could, if I could make them come all, all to it, I would, I would sure hope that they will, because I, like I said, this radio show was designed to build up and and support other artists in the community, and uh, across the across the United States and across the world. So I hope that they'll take advantage of that and, and listen to what this mission of this radio show is. So I I really encourage them to do so. But thank you so much for coming on, Samantha. I had a great time. You, you're doing some great work, and if I can somehow help you out along the way, let me know because I would love to be a part of that and help these people a lot as well.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. I really appreciate your time today.
0: Anytime. Alright, guys. We have to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back in about two minutes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this.
2: Do you love
1: horror? The strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs>
2: hey guys, this is Jen Lilly. You can check out my new Christmas CD, Tinsel Time, on my website, jenlilly.com, on iTunes, Amazon, and wherever digital media is sold. Hi, this is Serena Palmer from Radio Rebel, and you're listening to the AFE radio show. From our family to yours. Season's greetings from the AME Experience.
0: I have on the line with us. His name is John Sussman. He is the director and writer of a brand new film called Game Day. And it sounds like a really exciting movie. I've kind of read the plot a little bit. And we're going to learn a little little bit about him. And of course, we're going to be learning about this movie that I hope that everybody will go out and check. So welcome to the show, John. How are you doing today?
3: Great, Jason. Glad to
0: be here. I'm glad you're here with me. And this is going to be a lot of fun. You know, I I don't get to see too many people that actually write movies. Uh, I do talk to some directors, so you've actually done both. You actually wrote this movie, did you not? I did, yes. So what was some of the inspiration behind this movie that you wrote? Where where did you get the idea for it?
3: Well, I worked in the corporate world for a while, and I saw a lot of office politics. So I saw people who uh, were very smart, who didn't get anywhere, because they didn't know how to pull the right strings, push the right levers and I thought that if uh, I could tell a story about someone who was in that situation, it might uh, resonate with a lot of people.
0: Well, I get that. Uh, You know, it it is frustrating how things happen with with us sometimes, and sometimes we just need that extra push to get to to the the next level. I mean, I see a lot of potential in a lot of people, and sometimes it just bothers me that they're not able to see the success that I can see in them.
3: Yeah, and uh, I think that, Protagonist of this film um, has that has that problem. That uh, she's uh, she's a brilliant entrepreneur, but she uh, she just doesn't know how to deal with people, which causes the uh, the demise of her company, and then she has. To
0: Oh, that's a very interesting point because it is hard to sometimes for people to work with other people and you know I'm one of those type of people sometimes it's like it's it's not necessarily hard for me to, to work with them but sometimes they're just not outgoing enough or you know I don't I don't feel like I have the confidence to go talk to people and it's amazing how quickly it does hurt your business yeah and that's what happens
3: to Ricky, who's the, the main character of the film, she uh, doesn't know how to make things work in the business. uh, doesn't know how to deal with people. And eventually she ends up at a company that uh, uh, has her working in a cubicle and she doesn't know to go to lunch with people and she doesn't know how to uh, uh, interact really very well. And uh, she's about to get fired
1: because uh, there's an all-male basketball team at the company that really is the, the
3: way to it, interact with people and, and to uh, work your way up and meet people in the company. And she doesn't know how to play basketball. And one day she goes out. Um, she's uh, uh, on her local playground basketball and uh, she's just having a really tough time, and she's about to quit. And she meets this young kid who's a terrific basketball player, and uh, he uh, uh, shows her the move. She tries to convince him to learn how to play the game and to coach her. And uh, eventually that relationship uh, becomes more important than her job and her career and uh, transforms her really into a, uh, a real
0: person so you know sports can do so much for different people too you know and that's what I, what I really love about it it helps us build our confidence uh, it gives us you know skills that we didn't realize that we had and we can really use a lot of the things that we learn on the field in, in general life too and we don't always think about that
3: that's right uh, she learns a lot in these basketball sessions with uh, with Lucas who's the young kid that she she meets and he teaches her a lot about the game of basketball, and also about life as well.
0: So, did you have any any sports uh, interactions when you were a kid, or even now? Do you play any sports? I mean, did you have any of that background to help you out with this particular uh, with this particular movie when you're writing it?
3: Um, I do, but but what really got me thinking about it was um, at the jobs that I uh, was at, the sports were really more fall. Uh, If you learned, if you knew how to play golf, that was a real help. And uh, also, in Chicago, softball is very big. There's a lot of softball teams in Chicago. So, uh, those two sports were very prevalent in companies and uh, uh, in terms of team building and also just in terms of meeting people.
0: Man, I'll tell you what, if it was relying on me in golf, (laughs) it would not be a good thing. Because I can hit the ball. And you see the club goes flying and the ball stays right where it is. I'm horrible at it. So I'm glad I don't have to rely on a a sport like that to get me anywhere in in life.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And I think at companies, uh, when you're playing, it's it's not how good you are, although it certainly helps to to be good, although maybe not better than your boss. But uh, it certainly helps to be good. But also just to be out there and to participate is really important.
0: So, tell me a little bit about the main characters in this particular movie, and what are some of their backgrounds that, pe- that people can relate to?
3: So, Ricky uh, Ricky comes from, um, from a family where uh, her father was mostly absent. Uh, he was building his own business, and he was hardly ever at home. And I think that's where she got her entrepreneurial um, streak from. And uh, very very smart. Went to uh, went to college. Went uh, became a computer jock, and then started her own company. Uh, this is a uh, young kid from uh, uh, from a more lower uh, middle class uh, family, but also the father was not around and mostly raised by his mom. So I think what they have in common is they both had uh, absentee fathers, and I think that's something uh, that's a bond for them.
0: And when you wrote this, when you wrote this movie, obviously you want to have it to have some type of an entertainment value on it. But does it have any other any other meetings or stories that we can kind of learn and, and maybe uh, like a like a, a lesson or anything like that involved in it?
3: Sure, I mean, think that um, there's a lot of female empowerment. Uh, in this film, and uh, the audiences that we've had, the, the women are really respond to this film. I think they see themselves as the main character. They, they really um, uh, identify with a lot of the struggles that Ricky goes through, and that they find that um, uh, uh, it, it reflects a lot of the, the issues that, that they find um, in, in the workplace and also in life.
0: So how many movies have you written to date, and is this one, of, or is this your first movie?
3: This is my second film, and I've written uh, uh, a whole uh, uh, chunk full of scripts, so uh, I haven't uh, uh, produced all of them, obviously, but uh, this is uh, this is the second one that, uh, that I've done, and I hope
0: so this is a pretty exciting, um, moment for you, you know, to be able to produce a second movie, that's, that's pretty amazing, but, uh, you know, this is, is this one of the bigger ones that you've done, or is it pretty much both on the same scale?
3: This is the first feature I've done, so yeah, this is a, a larger scale.
0: So how is it, how exciting is that for you? I mean, that has got to be something amazing It going through your head.
3: It was terrific. It was a, really a, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had, and particularly with working with the crew, uh um, and uh, with my cast, a very, very talented cast of uh, Elizabeth Oliver and Romeo Miller, Chris Johnson, Finkel. Uh they were terrific to work with. And uh, the crew that I had, the local crew from Chicago, everybody was really top-notch and, and professional and made it a pleasure. And, and my producing partner, Stuart Wolf, was was incredibly helpful and supportive and really made this film happen, and, and I really, my, my wife as well was was incredibly supportive throughout this whole thing, so uh, she read every draft of the script and uh, uh, was there for me the whole way, and uh, I really have to thank her so much for her support.
0: Well, I'll tell you, that it does help to have a good team, especially when you're creating something like your first feature. Uh, what were some of the things that you ran into that were maybe a little bit more, um, maybe a little bit more difficult, and how did you overcome those those difficulties?
3: Uh, that's a good question. Um, a lot of the unknowns of filmmaking on location, be um, when we had, a, like I said, we were very professional, and we had uh, a situation where we had uh, where we were filming outside uh, at an apartment building and. We had every permit, uh, and one of the neighbors uh, didn't want us to be filming. Uh, and she basically uh, called the police on us. And, and we showed the police our permit, and and she was just kind of a nut. And it made it very difficult. But we, we overcame it by just changing around uh, how we were going to do the shot, staying in the location that we were at not going to the next door location and working around it like that. So it's, um, it can be difficult. It can be, um, it can be challenging. Uh, we had other situations where, you know, we were filming on a street and, and some homeless person came up. Um, uh, they, they may have been, um, schizophrenic or something like that, but they were, they were causing a lot of problems with, uh, Filming and everything like that, and one of our uh, production people gave a um, uh, uh, very nice donation, and they went away. So all those um, can be issues, but you try to overcome them.
0: Sure. So take me through the um, through the uh, casting process. Uh, What were some of the main features you were looking for in the actors to play each of the main leads?
3: Uh, well, for uh, for Ricky, we were looking for someone um, that uh, definitely was athletic. Uh, they had to be tall enough to be believable in the role and uh, and also a terrific actress. And we found all that in Elizabeth Aldofer. Uh She had a uh, dance background. She had never really played basketball very much. And after working with our trainer, both in New York and in Chicago, uh, she developed into a really, really good player and uh, was really able to hold her own. Um, on the other front, with um, with Lucas, we were looking for um, someone who could play high school age, but also uh, be a good basketball player and uh, also a terrific actor and... Uh, we got all that in Romeo Miller, uh, R- Romeo's uh, obviously terrific actor.
0: You, if you're going to have a movie about basketball, it really does help to have somebody have a little bit of knowledge about the sport. <laughs> you know, I mean, they could they could probably wing it, but it's so much easier if they if they have that background.
3: That's, that's for sure. And all of the all of the players that we had that uh, were playing in the basketball scene, uh, the Ro, Romeo's friends, all of his his guy who plays older brother uh, played college basketball. All those guys played college basketball, so they were all really. Terrific basketball players, and then in the basketball teams that we had, we had guys that were uh, one or two of the guys were all American, and uh, they, these were guys that had been recruited by our basketball trainer, and uh, he got all these guys to play in the corporate game. That they were supposed to be corporate uh, uh, executives or workers, and uh, they basically had to sort of thumb out their game. With them.
0: well I, I know this is uh, coming out really soon so where can people see the movie uh, do you have any plans on video distribution through like Netflix Amazon or anything like that in the future too
3: right good question so we uh, we just finished our theatrical run which we're very pleased to be in the theaters and the film uh, is just now available on Amazon Prime Video and through on demand um, most local cable
0: well, I look forward to seeing this myself. I do have Amazon Prime, so I can definitely go check that out. And uh, we thank you uh, a lot for coming on to the the show today, talking about the movies. And I hope that you'll be able to do a lot more so we can get you on here and talk about those as you go along as well. Well,
3: thanks, Jason. It's been a pleasure.
0: You're welcome. And congratulations on the theater, uh, getting it in the theaters. That's uh, a that's big time.
3: Thanks very much. We appreciate that.
0: You're welcome. And Guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have more, so don't go anywhere. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czar's. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them.
1: Hi there, this is Kim Coles, and you can find my newest book, Open Your Gift, at openyourgiftbook.com. That's www.openyourgiftbook.com. Com. I hope you'll pick up a copy. Would love to have you read it. Bye. Hey, I am Thomas Doherty, and you are listening to AME.
2: From our family to yours. Season's greetings from the AME experience. Now, enjoy this holiday favorite.
0: All right, guys, we are back. I hope you had a great time today. What a show. Um, I had a great time with our guests. I had a great time with you. I know that they really enjoyed talking about what they have going on in their lives, and I also know that they were excited to tell you about um, their story, and I hope that it inspires you as well. You know, I cannot believe we got 30 days left this year. You know, I, I mean, we really have to start gearing up to 2020, and that's good. I always love the start of a new year because when that clock hits midnight, on the thirty first to the first, it's like the whole old year dies. You have a chance to completely start over and everything seems so fresh. I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not, but for me it does. Now, I'm not going to be making any New Year's resolutions because I don't believe in resolutions. What I believe in is a plan, and that plan is something that I'm going to try to work on throughout the year to get to the places I want to be, little steps at a time, little goals. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm shooting for. I'm not shooting for anything majorly transformational or anything like that, and I encourage you guys to do the same thing because I have tried those resolutions, and they just don't work. All right, so I. Uh, this is the only show we have for this week. We will be back again next week, and you can find us every Friday and Saturday. And here is the schedule: every Friday at 10 a.m., at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday and Saturday amfm247.com and their 13 stations every Friday at 11 a.m. and every Saturday at 7 p.m. on wklap.com. Every Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on radiolove.com. It's Radio L-U-V. You can also find us on Phoenix Broadcasting, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, and more on demand. All right, guys, till next week. Have a great week. Keep those creative juices flowing. That's the
1: end? We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.